welcome to the New Life Fellowship podcast. New Life Fellowship is a community of grace in Kitchener, Ontario, Canada. Our goal is to teach and share and experience the life of Jesus Christ together. You're about to listen to a message from one of our meetings. Please make sure to check out our website, newlifekw.ca. Without further ado, let's listen in. My name is uh, Pastor Robin, and if you're joining us online, it's a great welcome to you. And uh, I like to take my time setting up here. There we go. You know, uh, Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17 talks about this. It talks about how uh, we have this thing going on inside of our bodies. It's, uh, it's called indwelling sins called the flesh. It's this, uh, this parasite, this thing that we inherited from, from Adam. That uh, it's in your bone marrow, it's in your blood, it's under your skin. This thing has its own agenda. has its own conscious agenda against you. It wants to bring death to you, right? Wages of sin is death. And this is indwelling sin. It wants to bring harm to you. But we find out as well in Galatians 5, verse 16 and 17 that there's something else going on too inside the body of the believer. That we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit resides within us. We are also born of God. And so when Jesus was risen to new life, we received new life. Hey. We received new life. We received a new spirit that has been joined with God's spirit, so there's no beginning to no end to God's connection with us. We are totally connected to God. But again, these two are existing within, so we feel the struggle. We experience the struggle. I experience the struggle like this often. I'm a very introverted person. Why is there laughter? <laughs> I am. No, I, I, I'm a very introverted person. I get energy from being by myself. That's just how God made me. And sometimes when there's something coming up where I'm going to have to be with people. Oh, come on, introverts, where are you? Exactly, you're hiding. Right? There's something coming up, and I have to be with people, and I'm like, I don't want to do it. I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I don't want to be with people, it drains me. And so sometimes I'm laying in bed, and what's happening is this struggle, is that the flesh is taking advantage of that natural desire, right? The natural desire to just be by myself, and it's saying, stay in bed, stay in bed. And so I'm like, oh, I don't want to get up. Oh, I don't want to face today. And sometimes, guys, let me tell you, sometimes, I'm just being honest, sometimes it's all I have in me to say, Jesus, I know that what you set before me to do, the plans that you have before me to do today are exactly from you, to be with people, to care for people, to love on people, to be there for my family, to be there for my coworkers. It's what you've set aside for me to do. But honestly, I don't have it in me. So I just say, Jesus, I accept your plans. You know, I roll over and I put the feet out, you know, and then I put my hands forward and I'm like, okay, Jesus. You know, like I just, it's, like, it's all I have to just say yes to whatever Jesus has planned for me that day. And that struggle is what a lot of us face. And you know what? Even in the struggle, I go, I'm with people, and what happens? I find I have new energy. I just have this new energy. You guys following me? Here we go. I have new energy. Like I just, I just feel empowered, and it's, it's almost supernatural, because I know that to start the day, I did not have it. And I'm able to love and care in a way that I wasn't able to before. 
Other part of it, too, is that this happens. Every once in a while, Jesus shows up. This is something special. I don't know if you guys have experienced this. I'm, I'm sure you have. But every once in a while, Jesus knows what my need is, and he provides the opportunity for rest. You know, something, something happens where I just get some time to myself, and it's like, hey, this is great, and, and I get an opportunity to be refreshed. Because we're not dealing with an inanimate object like we've talked about a few weeks ago. We're dealing with the person of Jesus Christ, who cares for you and loves you, and, is, and not only are you made in the image of God, but you are now born of God. He has a precise um, and conscious interest in you and what your needs are. And he cares for me. But it does take me doing this. Oh, God. Oh, all right, fine. Whatever you have planned for me today. You know, today we're going to be uh, learning about somebody who had to accept Jesus' plans, even though Jesus' plans might not have been, may not have been the most comfortable to receive. We're going to be talking about the Syrophoenician woman in Mark chapter 7, verses 24 to 30. So if you have your Bibles with you or you have a device and, uh, that has a Bible on it, you can scroll to it. Fortunately, we do not have it on the screen today, so I want you to just follow with me as I read. But we're going to be learning from Mark chapter 7, verse 24 to 30. And this is what we want to learn about this morning, is that we can accept Jesus' plans uh, for us when we trust his plan, when we trust his heart, and we trust his words. Again, we can always accept his plans when we trust his plan, his heart, and his words. And that's not easy. It can be a struggle. But what we're going to see from today is that there was somebody who had to do the exact same thing and left a pretty good example for us. And so let's pray before we jump in there together. Uh, so uh, even, even right now, Jesus, I'm accepting your plan. Uh, because sometimes, you know, sharing a word is not so comfortable. Uh, it doesn't always touch on all the points that make us popular or, or whatever. But it is your word. So I accept your plan. Um, and even in this moment right now, I pray that all of us would accept that we're not here by accident. But we are here on purpose because it's part of your plan to speak to us through your word today. So speak through me and open up our hearts to hear from you. I pray this right now in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Okay, Mark chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. We're going to learn about this faith of the Canaanite woman, the Syrophoenician woman. And from there he arose and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and he entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. Stop. Okay. Want to say something about this? This is crazy. Jesus has a plan. He has, he has a conscious plan. Okay? It says he arose and he went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. So at this point, Jesus was in Galilee. He goes north to get away from the Jewish people. Okay? He's going north to Sidon, uh, the, the, the region of Tyre and Sidon, where it's mostly Gentiles. To retreat, he says he arose, it means he left and went away, also translated as depart. So he's retreating from people. Oh, Jesus knows me so well. <laughs> Jesus is retreating from people. I am exhausted because he's 100% man, 100% God. He knows what it's like to be us. And he got up and he left and he went away. 
And it says here <laughs> that he didn't want anyone to know, and I love how it says, yet even though he left, he didn't want anyone to know, he could not be hidden. He tried, he could not get away. People ended up finding him. It says, but immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. That's verse 25. Immediately, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard about Jesus and then came and found him and fell at his feet. We're going to find a little bit later as we're reading that little daughter actually means toddler. So we're talking about maybe three years of age, you know, one to three. I mean, me and my daughter Naomi is a, is a toddler, quote unquote. Has an evil spirit. An evil spirit that wants to harm her. If you read the, the, um, uh, the parallel account in Matthew, it says uh, she's severely possessed by a demon. A toddler, people. This woman is so desperate that she, she heard about this Jesus and she said, there's nobody who could fix the situation except for this man who casts out demons. So she went and disturbed Jesus' plans. You gotta help me. What does it say she did? You can read it right there. It says she fell down at his feet. She made herself prostrate and she said, I am so desperate. I beg you, help me. You know, Matthew chapter 15, verses 23 to 24, the exact parallel account of this, but Matthew adds a little detail and I'll, and I'll share it with you just quickly. You don't have to turn there. But this is her speaking. She says, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But Jesus did not answer a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send this woman away. She is crying out after us. So I want you to get the picture of desperation. You may be in a similar situation where you're in a spot where it is desperate, and you're expecting Jesus to hear your needs and to respond to your needs because it's a desperate situation, but it appears as though Jesus might have other plans. Anybody here ever experienced that? Anybody else experiencing that right now? It's hard to accept Jesus' plans sometimes. Might be easy on paper, might be easy, good Christian needs to talk about things that we do right. Oh, we always accept him, we always trust him. But it's hard, it's difficult. Even my description, what I gave of like not wanting to be with people, I mean, that's a small fa uh, fraction of what some of us in this room have experienced in having to accept Jesus' plans and trust him through a hard time. But let's listen to this des des desperation that's, that's present here. Mark goes on to say, now this woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician woman by birth. And it says she begged him. This is the Im Im imperfect active indicative in the Greek when she says begged. So that means that it's, I am begging him, I'm in, the, I'm in, I'm in his face and I am telling him and I'm expecting a result. And as you read in, in Matthew, Jesus was silent. This is, a, this is something that's happening right now in the moment, and it's not being solved. And 
And we can be the exact same way where we're stuck here in a mode where we're seeking God and asking for help and pleading for help, just like she is. But we'll find out that it is not part of the plan. If you go to verse 27, this is what Jesus says. He says, And he said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Who here likes Jesus? Anybody? Yeah! Isn't he cool? You know, some, some commentators or some um, people who wanted to you know, tear apart the Bible have called this part, you know, Jesus being racist. Because he's showing partiality to the Jewish people rather than to the Gentiles. Um, but if we look at the context, that's not the case at all. We're going to look at that. But the one thing that's very important for us to understand is that Jesus is describing a plan. What is he saying by let the children be fed first? What he's saying is that he's describing the Jewish people, the children of God, right? The Israelite uh, people are God's family, right? These are the people that God had presented himself to. He had made them his own. He called them the apple of his eye in Deuteronomy. This is the way that he chose to reveal himself first, And he says, it is not right, it's not proper to take what was presented for them first and now give it to another people. When he says bread, it's like, it's the word loaf, it's like the whole whole offering. We're not supposed to do that, they're supposed to come second. He's saying there is a plan and an order to things. Romans chapter 15, um, you don't have to turn there, but I'm gonna read it to you. Romans chapter 15, verse eight says this. This is Paul saying, For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying Jesus came to the Jewish people first. It became a servant to the circumcised, or the Jewish people, to show how authentic God's promises were. So he presented himself to them first through the Torah and the Tanakh, right? The Torah is God's law, the Tanakh is God's law, and the prophets put together. He revealed himself through that. And so he came to serve them first to authenticate what had happened to start with, because the people of Israel would know this as part of their history. They would know the son of David was supposed to come. They read Isaiah. They knew it was a wonderful counselor. They knew that he was a prince of peace. This is who the son of David was supposed to be. And so he came to authenticate first the word of God and the promises given to the patriarchs. We talk about the patriarchs, we're talking about Abraham, Isaac, right, Jacob. He's validating what God did. But it's to them first, and this is the reason why. And that was the reason why. But it's important to see, too, verse 27, he says, first, first. Doesn't mean that he's not going to eventually do miracles among the Gentiles. If that wasn't the case, we wouldn't be here today because we are Gentiles, right? We're not of the Jewish people, right? So there was an order to things. There was a progression by which God had set a plan in place way ahead of time. And she was coming in the middle of his plan and asking for something, asking for blessing. But he says, first, to the people of Israel. So not saying they won't receive it, but then he goes on to say, and throw it to the dogs. (laughs) 
Now, this word dogs here is uh, the word kunarion. And kunarion is where we get the word uh, canine from. Um, and kunarion means little dogs. So it doesn't mean like, like these pariah dogs that are roaming around, you know, in the, um, roaming around outside on the streets. These are little house dogs, okay? We're not talking about the tramp, right? From Lady and the Tramp. We're not talking about the tramp, we're talking about Lady. <laughs> I love that movie, it's so sweet. We're talking about Lady, we're talking about a little house dog. So he's, he's, saying, he's, not, he's not saying like you're, you're some worthless dog, but, but you're in the company of something that is unfolding and the time for you to eat or the time for you to receive from me is not yet. This is not the first time we've heard Jesus say, the time is not yet. There is a plan. Jesus has a plan. And it's tough for us to sometimes accept his plan, especially for like the Syrophoenician woman where you are in a desperate situation. Let's keep reading. I want us to jump now. Um, actually, hold on. Actually, I do want to say this first. I do want to say this first. I'm going to pay for this in, in later years. Another story about my kids, okay? Okay. So, um, I often find myself in this scenario. I often find myself in this scenario where, um, especially our eldest, want to get her to go someplace, right? And so we're trying to get into the car, and we often have trouble with seatbelts. Now, my eldest girl, she's a little bit taller, a little more physically able than my youngest, and she could do her seatbelt now, which is great. And all the parents said, amen, right? <laughs> seatbelts, like, when they could do their own seatbelts, oh, man. It was like a miracle when she started doing it. But every once in a while, she wants to relapse. <laughs> I don't want to do my seatbelt. You do it. No, I, I don't want to do your seatbelt. I have to do your, youngest daughter, your, your, your younger sister's seatbelt, and, and she can't do it herself, but you can do yours, so can you do yours, please? And sometimes we're in a race to go and do something that she even wants to do, or something that would bless her. Like maybe we're going to the park, or maybe we're going to... McDonald's, come on, people. And, you know, and, and we're going somewhere, and, and, and that's the promise where we're going, but she doesn't want to go along with the plan. And putting the seatbelt on is a very important part of the plan. So she's got to get that seatbelt on. So I'm, try, I'm trying to get this on. I'm like, put the seatbelt on. <laughs> you know, Ross did a sermon series on, on parenting, and he shared some really good stuff about like, how him enjoy parents or kids. Okay, I'm the antithesis of that. <laughs> antithesis of that. So, so the, from the both of us, you're going to get a lot of great teaching about parenting. Okay? So I'm like, get the seatbelt on. Do it. You know what the Holy Spirit told me? <laughs> maybe it was the Holy Spirit or maybe it was just me. But you're just like that with me. You hate the plan sometimes. Sometimes you want to relapse. You want to go back. You want to go back to what it was like when you didn't trust me. You want to go back to when... It was easy, you didn't have to trust me at all, where you were your own boss. But I have a plan to bless you, and I need you to accept doing something right now that you don't want to do, but the benefit is worth it. Darn it, Jesus. <laughs> How can I resist that? But it's true, I can see it all the time, it happens over and over again in my life. I'm feuding with his plan. Fighting against this plan. No, I don't want to put a seatbelt on. No, I want to do it my own way. No, but there's a benefit to listening to me. 
And it's coming if you, tr- if you trust. Trust my plan. See, the desperation that she is demonstrating is the same desperation that we were in. See, like we live in a world that creates this mirage that we can live independent of God. That's what our whole society is almost pretty much based on, that we can live free of depending on anybody or anything. If you have a phone, well, you, can, you can live independent of anybody. Right? We just have all these things of technology, things that have been set up so that we can live independent of people, but also live independent of God. And it's a mirage because our desperation is that we are completely, completely, utterly dependent on God for life. We were given no rights when you were born. We were born in Adam. When you were born in Adam, you were qualified for only one thing. You were qualified for hell because you were born separated from God. That's it. There, there was nothing else. That, that was what we had been qualified for because our spirits were disconnected from God. But God had a plan from the very beginning, and that plan was right there in the Proto-Evangelium, which uh, Pastor Ross had talked about so well not too long ago, is in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. That God, that Jesus was going to crush the head of the serpent, that there was a plan to redeem all of creation from the very beginning. So even though we were separated from him, he has a plan to redeem us. And, and so in any situation that we're facing, in the desperation that we're experiencing, being apart from, eventually being apart from God and then being invited into his family, having a spirit united with us, being born of God, we are completely dependent on him for life. Other than what he did, there was no hope. There is a plan. So God says, Do you trust my plan? The world says you could create your own hope. The world says, and your friends say, you could live independent of God. Your family says, you do not have to teach me this Christianese, this Christian stuff because there's no life in it. But God's saying, no, listen, there's only life based on what I give, what I offer. I am life. I am the bread of life. The Syrophoenician woman realizes this later on when she makes this comment about crumbs and we're gonna get there. So there is a plan, God's asking, do you trust my plan, a plan to love, redeem, and care for you? But that's difficult, right? It's very, very difficult because we have to trust his heart. We have to trust that he wants to do good to us. Philippians chapter four, verse 19 says this, and my God will meet a few of your needs. And my God will meet none of your needs. My God will meet all of your needs all of your needs. He's trustworthy. We could trust his plan. According to his riches, I love that, according to his riches, according to the wealth that he has, his ability to do good to you in Christ Jesus. Hmm, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says this, I'm just paraphrasing it, but, but basically we have been given, we haven't been given more rights, but we have been given the grace to go boldly to the throne of grace to receive more grace. We've, been received, we've received grace to get more grace. To go to God and ask for, if, ask for more, and ask for whatever we need. If we are upset with his plan, we could trust according to his word that he will do good to us. So that's our next point, that we can accept his plans when we trust his plan and then trust his heart and his words. Let's read... Um, Let's read Romans, yes, Romans, sorry, Mark chapter 7, verse 28. It says this, but she answered him. Now, this is her answering Jesus. But she answered him, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs under the tables eat the children's crumbs. 
Very, very interesting response. This word here that she's using when she says children's crumbs uh, is the Greek word padion, and the Greek word padion means toddler. But when Jesus said children, he meant technon, which is like kind of elementary age children. So she changes it on him. And she says, even the dogs eat the crumbs that the toddlers drop. So what is she saying? She's saying, I get it. I know, I get your plan. But even more so, this is how much I get your plan. I know that I am not of the people of Israel to receive blessing from you. But you've got to understand this. I will lower myself. I will do whatever it takes to receive anything from you because it's you. Because toddler's crumbs. Toddler's crumbs. Okay, everybody has a place in your house. Everybody has a place in your house. You're like, I do not let anybody, any guests, see that place in my house. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you, it's your laundry rooms, right? You're like, no one sees the laundry room. When we have guests over, we hide everything in the laundry room. You know, because the laundry room's a mess. There's a, one place in my house that I, I, I hate. It's the spot where, under where the kids eat, like we have a certain area where the kids eat. And no matter what I do to keep it clean, I can't keep it clean. Again, parents, can I get an amen? Okay, I can't get it clean. I, I clean it once, it's dirty again. I clean it once, I clean it again, it's dirty again. And it's that part in your house where you walk and there's that crunch. <laughs> or you walk and you get, you get stuck, you're like, oh, what's that? <laughs> oh, it's dried apple juice. Gross. <laughs> Disgusting. The toddler's crumbs. She's basically saying this. She's saying, listen, I know who you are. I know what you can do. And I know I might be outside of your plan, but I will take anything from you because it's you. Anything, even the toddler's crumbs. I know by what I've heard about you that you are good. And I will put my confidence, I will do anything to receive good from you. hard words. These are tough words. Because in a lot of ways, we can look at this and say, Jesus, why didn't you just fix the situation right away? Why did you make her wait? Why are you making her... Why are you, why are you increasing her despair? We don't know. We, we don't know exactly why Jesus did this. I don't think it's right for me to kind of insert any ideas other than just that he knew he had to make that statement, and she had to say that statement out loud. And we are blessed by the fact that she did. That's all we know. It's recorded for, for all of history for us to know what happened there. But she answered him, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs under the tables eat the children's crumbs. And she had to trust his heart. Sometimes when I'm you know, fighting with the seatbelt, I'm back with the seatbelt again, you know, I'm trying to implore. I, I, Daddy knows exactly what you want, and I know exactly what you need, and I can give you both. But right now, I need you to come along with this plan to get exactly what you want or exactly what you need. I need you to come along for this plan. Just trust me. Trust that I'm good. You know what, parents? It's really hard to reason with a five-year-old sometimes that they could trust you that you're good. I mean, they're, they have free will, and they also have the flesh. And so they, they want to be independent of you. They want to be independent of God. That's what's happening. 
And even as you get older as a parent, you know, even with your kids, you realize your kids are still learning about how much you loved them or how much you were willing to care for them. There are some things that my kids will not know about my love for them until they're old enough to receive it. They won't know. They won't know. They won't know when daddy stayed in the hospital bed with them when they had a broken arm overnight. They won't know it now, but in the future when you tell it to them, and they, in the future when they have their own kids and their own kids are in a hospital, and they say, Dad, did this happen? Did you do the same for me? And dad says, yeah, I did. And then they get it in a new way. Listen, guys, we're on a journey to trust the love of God. Ephesians, I got to get this right, because this is so powerful. I got to get this right. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 and 21 talks about us receiving the power to receive the love of God. Paul actually prayed for the Ephesians that they would have the power to receive the love of God because receiving the love of God is difficult. We don't, we have finite minds. We cannot understand his love. It's hard. We need help. You know, and our, our, our love is logical. Our love is rational. Our love is conditional. God's love is illogical. Unconditional. Some might say reckless. Depends what camp you're in. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. We need power to receive that kind of love. For whatever reason, she might have heard of Jesus' ability to love and care for others, and she was in the moment so desperate, saying, I know what you can do. I'm willing to trust. Sometimes it's hard to trust God's love. Some things that we can do right away in that you know, is praying for the power to receive his love. That's something we could do. But we could also press into other people who have a habit of trusting the Father's heart, of trusting God to do good to them. So surrounding yourself with those individuals is helpful as well. Um, also praying, just like this lady here, just being so desperate and coming before God and realizing that you could come boldly to the thor- uh, throne of grace to receive mercy and grace, to not hide and not act like you have everything together. I mean, we can't all be Pastor Josh. But the thing is, the thing is, is that we've been given the grace to go to him with our desperation. That's exactly what he wants. What do you need, my child? What's on your heart? Tell me, share it. I know what's there, but you need to say it. You need to trust me right now, trust my heart, and watch him come to your aid. Watch him earn your trust. Another way, obviously, is is the Bible. It's to trust his word. That's the next point I want to cover right now. So we can accept God's plan. We can accept Jesus' plans by, you know, trusting his plan. You know, we could trust his heart, his heart of love, but we can also trust his words. So Jesus says this. Now we're going to Mark chapter 7, verse 29, and I'm finishing this, uh, this passage now. So we're going 29 to 30. And he said to her, for, for this statement that you made, for this children's crumb statement that you made, you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. And she went home and found the child lying in bed and the demon gone. Let's just talk about the power of Jesus right now. So she was so desperate. This demon was harassing her toddler. She knew no one else could fix this except for this Jesus person. Jesus shows up. When I say show up, he didn't leave where he was. She made a statement of faith. Maybe Jesus thought, okay, demon, get out. 
and the demon left. The demon didn't even want to mess with Jesus. She didn't get, he didn't get up and leave and go with her to the child. He thought it maybe, and it happened, right? For this day, you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. And what did she do? She went home and found the child lying in bed and the demon gone. Here's where child is on. right? Child is it's toddler. The toddler lying in bed and the demon was gone. This is the power of our Jesus. So what touched his heart? Her desperation? Mark said, um, Matthew says in a parallel account, he said it was her faith. It, it, was, it was a faith that she just knew that she could trust this man. And she just knew that she knew that she knew that she knew that he could bless her. And that kind of faith is what helped, is what, is what triggered Jesus to say, okay, it's not part of my plan, but for you, for this kind of faith, I will do this. Unfortunately, this is not a message about how to get things from Jesus, right? This is not how to treat Jesus like an ATM. I think I could have turned this message into that and made a lot of money, but I didn't. Um, Because that's not what it's about. What did she actually demonstrate? She actually demonstrated that she wanted Jesus more than the results. She, she, she demonstrated that whatever you can give is better than what the world can give. Whatever you could give is better than what a worldly doctor could give. Whatever you could give is better than what a witch doctor could do to take out this demon. Probably none of those things have worked up until that point. Hence, she was so desperate that she fell down at his feet and begged him. She knew who she was talking to. And she trusted his word, and she got up, and she went home. You know, I, even I struggle with this sometimes, even just being honest, you know. Um, I, I, str- I struggle with this because I often have my own dreams and my own ideas of what things I want to do and things I want to accomplish. Even just up until recently, um, I realized like, there were some things that I wanted to step into, some things I wanted to do, and, you know, God just told me to wait. But he did tell me this, and, and this is one thing I really, really impressed upon me, is... Is this verse here, right behind here? Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. God is able to do more than what we ask, and the English Standard Version says, what we even think. So you could think about something great, he could do above that. And God just told me, how about you just give those plans to me? Whatever those plans are, just give them to me. Accept the plan I have for you right now, but whatever dreams and passions you have, give them to me now, and let me do this. Let me do immeasurably more than all you can ask or imagine. And that's just trusting in his word. And it's tough sometimes, but I've been in this journey long enough, or I've suffered enough, to know that I can trust his plan, even when it stinks, and I could trust his heart, um, but also at this point, I could trust his word. And then maybe what I think is really great, he could do above that. And I'm just on the journey to watch what he can do. Sometimes we don't want to accept his plan because it's scary, and, and uh, we, don't, we want only what we can see, the limitations of what we could see or hold, but he knows so much more. 
and is worthy of our trust. So sorry, Phoenician woman could just stay there and just been like, okay, Jesus, well, but it'd be so much better if you came to my house, actually. If you came to my house, that'd be really cool. Like, just come and like, then I'll know for sure that the demon came out if you came. But no, but she left on a word of faith. She trusted his word and she left. And when she got home, she found the demon was gone. The power of Jesus. The power of Jesus demonstrated. Amazing. Let me close with this. You know, we, we, we can accept his plans um, because we can accept his plans by trusting his plan, you know, by trusting his heart, you know, and trusting his words, you know, like, like Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Right? We can, we can do those things in that way. But you know, Jesus also had to submit to the Father's plan. He also knows what it's like to submit to a plan that's not too exciting. Um, even a plan that he was anxious about. And you know what I'm talking about. He had to accept the plan of going to the cross. Even in the moment with the Syrophoenician woman, Jesus' plan wasn't totally fulfilled yet. And there was more coming for her. But even in that moment, she knew that he had good coming for all people. So she could plug into that. But the fullness of this was the fact that he was going to go to the cross. And I want to read Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 11 to you. It is probably one of the hardest passages of scripture for me to, to understand and to wrap my um, heart and mind around. So if you have it with you, you can, you can go there. But I, I'm just going to read it. Or you can just follow with me. Paul says this about Jesus. He says, have this in mind among yourselves. Have this in mind among yourselves, New Life Fellowship. Um, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient, becoming obedient, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is to the glory of God the Father. There was a plan, and it involves Jesus emptying himself. And Paul says, New Life Fellowship, have that mind among yourselves. He emptied himself. He accepted a plan. He was obedient to death. He knows what it's like. As he's putting out his hand to you and say, I know what it's like. I'm asking you to accept my plan. Trust me. You can trust my plan is good. You can trust my heart towards you is good. And if you trust my words, you're going to see the end result. You're going to see something good. And the Syrophoenician woman had to accept that same plan and, um, as we do. But we're trusting his plan to bring, us to, um, to bring us into something good. You know, I'll, I'll just end with, I got to go back to the seatbelt. I might as well. You know, I'm pleading, I'm pleading. I'm like, trust my words. 
There is something good coming. Sometimes it's a surprise too, right? Because you just want to have fun with the kids. Oh, we're going somewhere fun. I don't want to go. No, no, it's summer fun. Like, it's fun. And, you know, for me, it's McDonald's, right? <laughs> but maybe I'm not raising them right. But anyway, so I'm like, okay, this is the, like, this is exciting. Like, we're going to do something fun. You're going to love it. No, I don't want to put the seatbelt on. Just put the seatbelt on. Just do it. We've got to go fast. I want you to do it. You need to learn how to do this. This is part of the plan. No, I want to go back in the house. Oh, goodness gracious. And sometimes I just have to say, listen, there is something good. I need you to trust my words. Trust what I'm saying about this. It's good. As she gets older, she gets better at, oh, last time when you said this, there was actually something good, so I will trust you this time. <laughs> you know, after a while, it starts to, it starts to click. Um, until this future when it'll be something more expensive. But, you know... <laughs> She trusts my words. And it's from the habit of trusting my words that it started to click, it started to stick. Sometimes we're called to the exact same thing. Just get in the habit. Maybe sometimes you're in a, lot, you're in a desperate place, you need to go to the word of God for encouragement. Find out how much he cares about you. Find out that his plan is good. Find out stories like this that was carved out out of history for you to read it and to know that God's heart towards people is good. And that even if he has a plan, he knows your need and has the power to do good to you. And so for all of us today, I just want to um, end this time with just a prayer of blessing on you guys, and then um, we can go on with our morning. So let's pray together. Um, Jesus, we can accept your plan because we could trust your plan. That's good. Um, we can trust your heart and we can trust your words. But for everyone here that's, um, that's present right now in, in the service, I pray a blessing on them. I pray that you give them the power to receive your love. Is there any greater prayer that we with our finite man, minds cannot understand your love? So give us the power to receive your love, to know what it is, to see it at work. Maybe our eyes are veiled to the things that we should be thankful for. Maybe our, our hearts are hardened to the love of others, how you want to love us through other people. Soften our hearts. Give us the power to receive your love today. And I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would prove yourself faithful. Can I ask that? Can I beg you, Jesus, for everyone who's in the sound of my voice right now, prove yourself faithful to us. Show us your work. Show us that you're with us. And even if it's not the plan that we wanted, give us your presence and your peace so that we can endure your plan as we wait for you to do good. Praise right now in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the New Life Fellowship podcast. Thanks for joining us. For more great content, please be sure to check out our website, newlifekw.ca, and sign up for our mailing list. Subscribers will receive our The Life in the Apartment ebook that is sure to encourage and bless. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch the latest services and additional video content. New Life Fellowship is a registered charity that is supported by the giving of partners and friends. All donations will be received. If you would like to donate, donate at newlifekw.ca. Your giving is highly valued and appreciated. You are loved. Take care.